Hello everyone and welcome to Where the Cruiserweights Play, a celebration of WCW's Cruiserweight division. I'm your host Stephen Jackson aka DJ215 and this time um, it's actually not um, going to be based around WCW or the Cruiserweight. Why? Why is that happening? That completely goes against the grain of the, um, of the actual show. Well, there is a reason for this. This past weekend and week it was the 25th anniversary of arguably the most influential Cruiserweight feud in in uh, history. So um, over in ECW in 1995, two young luchadors of the names of Psychosis and Rey Mysterio Jr. had an incredible trilogy of matches which set the tone for the Cruiserweight division going forward. So this special episode is actually a celebration of that um, trilogy of matches, which I believe uh, not only one of the best trilogies in uh, in Cruiserweight wrestling history, um, but also in Lucha Libre history and without doubt in ECW history. So it's more just, this is where I feel the Cruiserweight revolution really started. This is where, um, you know, Cruiserweight wrestling came, you know, to be where it became in WCW and later in WWE. We owe, as fans, uh, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis a heck of a lot for bringing an, um, style into um, North America and the West, um, which hadn't necessarily been seen ever you know, this was influential stuff. And I mean, I've just done a bit of um, research into things. So what's interesting is that um, the, the actual feud between the two men, it could have actually been the first singles match um, the two ever had. So the first match, which I'll be going into in a bit more detail, um, might have been the first singles match that, um, the two wrestlers had. Now, um, reports into Lucha Libre history are a bit sketchy. They kind of are a bit hit and miss. Some places you can find a lot out and other things it's a bit more awkward to find out. But from the research I've done and from sort of the reports I've read, this was probably the first time the two wrestled in singles competition together, which is incredible. Um, but they had wrestled throughout um, 1992 and 95 before this in several six-man tag team two out of three falls matches, um, exchanging wins and losses against one another, establishing the feud as well the two would have, you know, going forward. Um, and what's interesting as well is that both were trained by exactly the same trainer in the same school uh, by uh, Rey Mysterio Jr.'s uncle, uh, Rey Mysterio. So so Rey Mysterio Sr., um, Rey Mysterio Jr.'s uncle, um, who formed a gym with um, Negro Casas and Super Astro to start training young wrestlers up. Um, and it was a, you know, a, a really influential training school. Um, not only Rey Mysterio and Psychosis were in that school, but also Conan, um, who would go on to again revolutionise um, Lucha Libre um, and would help form AAA, where Mysterio and Psychosis made, um, you know, most of their history together as, you know, wrestlers. Interestingly as well, both Rey Mysterio and Psychosis debuted within a month of one another. So um, Psychosis debuted in March 89 and Rey Mysterio debuted in April 1989. So they were, you know, very, very closely tied. So um, it was, you know, a really influential and exciting time. And I feel that this whole trilogy had to be celebrated on its 25th anniversary. I mean, it's 25 years since these two men first, you know, went into the ECW arena both debuting at um, Gangster's Paradise which is the first match I will be discussing today so I'm going to go through the feud in chronological order so Rey Mysterio and Psychosis both debuted at the ECW arena 
on September the 26th, 1995, at the show Gangster's Paradise. It was an incredible ovation that both men got from the crowd. You know, ECW arena crowds were really special, and, you know, the respect and the excitement these two men got from the crowd was, you know, unbelievable. Um, I need to give props as well to um, Paul Heyman, if Heyman you know maybe listening to this who knows i hope so but if not i want fans to know that because if people know the history of lucha libre it's very um sort of tradition based in the sense that you wouldn't necessarily get two men like this going into a singles match after you know so long unless um they sort of paid the dues and they were still quite early in their careers you know quite young but Heyman took a chance with both men after seeing them at when worlds collide the um triple a pay-per-view um jointly produced with wcw and um put them in the ring with one another and I think Heyman, not only his influence on them in uh, North America, he need, they need to be thankful for, but also as sing, uh, singles wrestlers in Lucha Libre, because, you know, Lucha Libre is a very tough place to become a singles wrestler. And I think that this really showed the executives down in Mexico and AAA what Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis could do as singles wrestlers. So um, so from there, um, the, in terms of the actual attire, both men wearing as I always like to discuss um, Psychosis was wearing his traditional white and black bodysuit with sort of the yellow trim and um, a, amazing looking um, cape and, uh, and jacket, um, it looked awesome and then Rey Mysterio was wearing his um, blue and red mask and tights and then he had on a matching uh, jacket which had a question mark on the back his, uh, as his mysterious Mysterio, um, sort of his logo and um, from you know them coming out, you know they were both in one another's face you know the, the the crowd was red hot for this thing the chants of lucha were rampant there was a lucha libre cw style sign from sign guy and from there it just was a really beautifully wrestled lucha libre cruiserweight match they both felt each other out there was a beautiful arm drag battle where psychosis you know took himself to the outside the way these two used the ring you know the way they were able to just move in the ring was absolutely beautiful you know it's like you you look at stuff like today from you know guys in the junior heavyweight division and you know on the independent scene and you think you know this was you know revolutionary stuff and they just worked so well you know there were so many innovative things there was a fall away flapjack which psychosis threw Rey Mysterio into the ring into the, down to the ring with which was vicious there was um, a hangman guillotine um, from psychosis to Rey Mysterio over the turnbuckle which looked nasty um, you really saw as well I keep interrupting so if you <laughs> but you really saw as well um, the real dynamics you could tell who was the rudo the heel and you could tell who was the baby face the um, technical in this match it was so well established and partly as well you know, not just the wrestling style but the colours and the attires really helped in that sense so it really you know played into this match really well there was a beautiful looking split legged splash from Psychosis there was an awesome um, springboard Hurricane Rana from Rey Mysterio from the outside which got a close two count which looked beautiful there was what happened was was Rey Mysterio was on the um, apron the side of where Hat Guy the um, fan was and then Psychosis came to join him Psychosis was looking to do a running kick but then Rey Mysterio 
duct and he actually launched um, psychosis into the turnbuckle which looked awesome there was just so there was a crazy looking power bomb from psychosis which was a close two count it was the third two count of the match and there was also a spot which i didn't i actually watched it i haven't watched this match in a long time but i'd forgotten about it but psychosis actually went for an um uh, a suicide dive torpedoes out of the ring and then Rey Mysterio caught him with the chair which is a spot which should be used later on in several matches from other wrestlers that was crazy you know the crowd were going nuts for that we got a corkscrew plancher we got sentons we got a dive into the second row which was a plancher from Mysterio to Psychosis which was insane and then the finish came from when um, Psychosis made it back into the ring after the plancher and um, Rey Mysterio caught him with a Frankensteiner from the top rope um, and he landed on the um, on the canvas did psychosis so it was Rey Mysterio Jr. who won the first match between these two in the trilogy beautiful wrestling you know there was six um, near falls it was you know six high flying moves it was beautifully paced the crowd were absolutely loving this from start to finish it was a, a historic match in terms of establishing both men in North America and establishing ECW as more than just a hardcore promotion. It was actual pure, re well, international pure wrestling they were showcasing as well. Not that it was all about hardcore wrestling, don't get me wrong at that point, but it was very much more the hardcore, you know, style than the traditional wrestling style. So this was, you know, incredible stuff. You know, I cannot recommend this match enough. I believe it's on the WWE Network, but it's also available on the um, Rey Mysterio Biggest Little Man um, DVD set. Um, it's the second match on the set, and Rey actually talks a little bit about the match as well, which is brilliant. So from there, we went into their second match between the two, which took place on the 17th of October 1995 for ECW TV. It was a two out of three falls match this time, a traditional stipulation in Lucha Libre for um, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. And um, once again, Psychosis came out with his white and black attire and the orange, and um, Mysterio this time came out with a blue and yellow and red outfit. Similar to the one he'd worn before, but it had more of a yellow tint to it than the red. Um, and interestingly, Psychosis was actually holding two belts, and in the previous match, Mysterio was holding a belt. And from the, um, once again, the research I've done, and I don't know if this is true or not so if there is anyone listening that can fill in the details then please let me know but i believe that in the second match um the two belts psychosis was um holding were the wwa world welterweight championship and the mexican mexican national welterweight championship um and mysterio in the previous match was holding the wwa World Welterweight Championship. The two belts themselves, massive lineage, sorry, down in Mexico. Psychosis at this point, what's interesting is, is that Psychosis had actually sort of established himself more as a single star than what Rey Mysterio had done, which is quite a shocking thing to think, considering how things would pan out between the two sort of in, you know, North America. But um, th this was, again, great heritage coming into, you know, ECW. And, you know, it was great to see them carrying, you know, a belt outside of North America. Um, on North American promotions so um, 
so yeah, so from their attires, um, what was awesome with this match as well was that in the first match, um, they were announced by the ring announcer in uh, in English, but um, it was Joel Gertner who was actually the ring announcer for this match, and he actually announced their um, introductions in Spanish, which really added into the um, authenticity and the excitement of this match as well. It felt really, really um, special did this match. Not that um, any of these matches didn't, but it really added a new layer of um you know authenticity to it and i love your ring introductions and i thought joel gertner did an incredible job the way he vocalized his voice and the tone of his voice and things um it was brilliant you know anyone who wants to get into ring announcing um definitely although it sounds like a silly thing definitely watch how he announces rem mysterio and psychosis in this match because the fans react so wonderfully to the to the heritage it's brilliant once again we got an incredibly fast start to this one this was two out of three falls so this was you know no hanging about with this one um Rey mysterio you know flew around the ring like i've not seen him before he did an over the top rope plancher to the first row onto psychosis which then was followed by an um a hurricane rana in the first sort of two minutes which then led into the first fall for Rey mysterio so it was a fall ahead that was within the first two minutes and then um from there the fans were chanting Rey Mysterio they were loving it and um but then Psychosis was getting the um you know the comeback so he landed a really vicious looking Enziguri he had a running gut buster and shoulder barge into the corner for Rey Mysterio to take him down he landed a nasty looking power bomb which got a two count he also Psychosis did a really cool and beautiful looking um sharpshooter slash scorpion deathlock onto Rey Mysterio um, famous um, Lucha Libre move which um, Bret Hart claims he was taught by um, by Conan a uh, fellow wrestler as I mentioned earlier on a, train, a trainee with them so that was really cool and the second fall I think this was a, such a brilliant looking uh, manoeuvre but what happened was, was Rey Mysterio was looking like he was going to go for a moonsault and take Psychosis down but Psychosis actually caught him in midair and then he countered it with a nasty looking tombstone pile driver which he then got the well the three counts so it was one fall apiece thought this was such an awesome looking spot you know anyone who knows the lineage of lucha libre knows the um the pile driver is kind of the most vicious move you can do to anybody um and the way it was kind of dealt with here by psychosis it looked brilliant um loved it uh this second fall thought it was awesome and then the final fall came and then it you know picked up even more so psychosis wasn't letting up at all he landed a nasty again another nasty looking power bomb but this time it was through the table on the outside he landed a slam um which put um Psycho sorry which put Rey Mysterio into the first row and then psychosis did his famous um top rope tope without actually touching the ropes which matt taven often does in uh, ring of honor that splash which he did also at, um at bash at the beach i i love that thing i don't think there's any time where i don't jump up and down with amazement at how that looks very much like undertaker's um you know plancher over the top rope it just looks beautiful that was crazy and amazing and how he landed into the crowd was brilliant they were going crazy the, the crowd just built up and built up and built up they were incredible in this in this match the audience you know we had a springboard plancher though following that from Rey Mysterio which was um uh, a tope 
um, which then landed onto psychosis, which then they started beating one another on the outside with kicks and with uh, slaps and chops, which looked nasty. And then what happened was, which was which was very vicious for um, even for sort of today's standards, was the chairs came into play, but Ray actually got a chair around psychosis's neck and was ramming psychosis's neck into the ring post while his neck was caught in the um, in the chair, so a bit like a guillotine. That was scary and that got loads of um, hardcore chants from the audience. Um, we had a top rope Hurricane Rana, which was only a two count. The second, only the second two count of this match. Every other pinfall was a three count, um, which is crazy as well. But then um, we had and um beautiful to end the match we had a beautiful looking tiger bomb slash power bomb from psychosis which then um psychosis got the upper hand and he put a chair onto Rey Mysterio's chest and then he went up to the top and he landed an awesome looking corkscrew plancher um and by corkscrew well corkscrew sent on so he actually was in a moonsault position and then turned his body around and then landed his back onto Rey Mysterio's chest um which got the three count and the victory so it was then one all to um in the to each man in the series and psychosis got the victory here unbelievable wrestling unbelievable even by you know th th this is a match which has not aged at all it's a timeless match both men you know got standing ovations from the audience i think they were in a shock and awe of what they'd seen it built upon what had been in the first match and just built up and built up and it just took the level of um you know lucha libre and hardcore wrestling to another level this was insane this was amazing it's available on the rise and fall of ecw dvd set i believe on the wwe network but it's also available on um, youtube for free this match uh wwe actually put it up several years ago for free and you know it, it needs to be seen if you haven't seen this thing this is you know history historic and this match as well this took place on television and by that i mean this took place on wrestling tv so like a weekly tv show which you know when you think about a quality of this match this is pay-per-view quality stuff you know ecw and paul Heyman, he just did such a great job of putting on the best tv show in you know the early 90s nothing could top this you know and especially in 95 you weren't going to find this anywhere else in wrestling um minus probably um you know internationally in japan but definitely in north america this was just incredible so um so from there we um it was one fall apiece which led into the final well final match between the two which took place at november to remember 1995 and it was a mexican death match so for those of you um, who aren't familiar with a Mex Mexican death match, it's essentially um, a last man standing match. But what you have to do is you have to pin the opponent and get back into the ring. So um, then the wrestler has to try and answer the 10 count. So, um, you know, it, it's similar to a um, last man standing match in many ways. And this took place last 25 years ago last week. So it was the 18th of November 1995 this match took place, um, the Mexican death match. In terms of the attires, once again, um, Psychosis was wearing his, again, his white and uh, black and yellow um, orange uh, attire. But he did have on an awesome looking Harley Davidson jacket along with, coupled with an ECF and W t-shirt, which looked awesome uh, which led into rudo's chants from the audience and mysterio when he came out he had on a, a poncho a black poncho and it had on uh triple a 
on one shoulder and the ECW logo on another shoulder uh, on his other shoulder, um, and it was black and Mysterio was wearing um an all sort of black and gold um trimmed outfit um sort of attire looked awesome it was brilliant they were both in one another's faces and you know you could feel the you know adrenaline of both men they were you know they were you could feel the hatred of this feud and how they were gonna take one another to the limit. Um, once again, Joel Gertner was making uh, the ring announcing and um, announced both men in uh, Spanish and the Luke, traditional Lucha Libre sort of style. Once Rey Mysterio was um, announced, he flipped the bird over at Psychosis, which just riled Psychosis up. So he went for him with a kick, but then that was countered and um, Mysterio went up to the top and he actually hit a Dragon Rana for a third, a first three count of this match. So um, Dragon Kid, who does the Dragon Rana, um, which is where you um, do a, a rolling um, senton and then hit that into a West Coast pop. Mysterio actually did that in this match, so it may have been the first recorded um, Dragon Rana in history, but again, you know, people may have to look into that for me. But um, this was, um, again, I keep saying this word, unbelievable. You know, there was Hurricane Rana's galore, there was guardrails being moved so then people could hit hit maneuvers mysterio actually um miscalculated the guardrails he he ended up falling down which was great storytelling because then that allowed psychosis to get sort of the um to get the upper hand so he then began taking it to mysterio and he really um you know beat him down hard in this match you know there was some vicious looking drop kicks there was a vicious moonsault which was you know mysterio got counted to nine and a half in the 10 count um there was a shotgun drop kick there was the fallaway flapjack again. There was a um, running power bomb, which was a three count. But then again, Mysterio kept getting up at nine. He wasn't going to have it. There was a gut buster from Psychosis into the turnbuckle once again, and he went to the outside. And it looked like he was going to get the chair, but the audience um, were fooled because Psychosis threw it down, and then they were um, really hating on Psychosis after that. He um, he really controlled the match to psychosis. This was this was all about him for the majority of the match, and I think he really did such an incredible job here, establishing himself in the Rudo um, style, you know, and the Rudo uh, mindset, you know. Um, but Rey Mysterio did get, um, you know, the uh, he did come back into this thing. There was actually a beautiful looking springboard clothesline from Mysterio, which was then followed by an in an amazing. Acai moonsault from the top rope to the second row from Rey Mysterio to Psychosis, which was then followed by some severe crowd brawling from the two all around the arena. That Acai moonsault's on several um, highlight packages. The way any any wrestler who can go up to the top rope and land an Acai moonsault is special, but anyone who can go to the top rope and then you know able to do that out the ring but then over such a long distance into the second row i think is you know unbelievable there was the the, the thing what was interesting here though was that actually psychosis was trying to get away from Rey mysterio so he actually had a chair did Rey mysterio and he kept um he kept hitting him with um with the chair throwing it at him um psychosis that is and then what happened is is that they ended up right by um the bleachers and the hard cam where joey styles was calling the action so they were right below um where joey was calling the action and ray um hit psychosis with the chair and then um he 
uh, got psychosis down. So he went up to the bleachers, did uh, Rey Mysterio, up to the stage where Joy was sat. He landed a Hurricane Rana, and that landed um, Psychosis's um, body into the chair what was laid on the floor, and then that got a three count. And then Ray ran back to the ring and it was then seeing if Psychosis could answer the 10 count. And he almost got up at 7, but then um, he fell down the gap between the bleachers and the stage. So then Ray Mysterio got the win. This was beautiful, beautiful storytelling um, for this particular match. But on top of that, of this feud, you know, it was uh, a 2-1 uh, victory overall in the series for um, for Rey Mysterio. It was, there were ECW chants ringing around the arena. This was just history. This was unbelievable. Um, it was amazing wrestling on so many levels. They built upon what had been taking place in the first match. They took what had taken place in the second match, but then they played into that as well. And each match they did something equally as crazy as the other. It just was an absolutely star-making feud for both men. You know, you look at then for the next two decades where these men have gone in terms of, you know, they've had over, according to, you know, reports and, you know, quotes, over 500 matches against one another in singles and in tag matches, which is crazy. And this was the match, well, this was, this was a series of matches which really caught the attention of Eric Bischoff and um, the WCW executives who then created the Cruiserweight division. This is where it began. This was where the Cruiserweight division started for the 90s. And, you know, these three matches, you can put them up against any matches today and I'm sure that you'll enjoy them if you've never seen them. This last match, I think, again, it's available on um, the WWE Network, but it's also available on ECW uh, Bloodsport, the uh, company's most uh, bloody matches DVD set. So all three of these matches are available on home video, and I believe, as well as streaming services. And that, you know, was the, the feud of, you know, I believe of 95 um, and possibly, well, I, th I think the greatest trilogy of matches as an ECW history, it, it was just such a blast going back and watching these three matches to be able to review them for the for the podcast for you. I had to, you know, review these for everybody because I feel that the three matches, which, you know, if you're going to talk about cruiserweight wrestling, they need to, you know, be celebrated. And you know, one my other favorite match of you know the cruiserweight division of Rey Mysterio Junior and Psychosis at Bash of the Beach '96, that was built from these matches they had with one another in ECW, and it just was absolutely incredible storytelling from start to finish. You knew who the the good guy was, you knew who the bad guy was. The audience were into everything. Joey Styles on the call was, you know, up there with, the, you know, the, these matches wouldn't have been half as good on tape had it not been for Joey Styles there with the commentary which added into them. It's, you know, just amazing ambience of these things on tape, you know. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful wrestling. In terms of craziest move, I still have to go with... Um, Rey Mysterio's Asai Moonsault to the, you know, second row, although it's a close call between that and Psychos's dive, just because I think the Asai Moonsault, you know, the way he delivered that looked beautiful. And in terms of who wore it best, I have to go again with Rey Mysterio and the um the pon poncho which you wore to the ring with the AAA and ECW logos on the on the actual uh, you know, the the shoulder blades. I thought that looked awesome. Yeah, this was... All three of these matches are as equally as good as one another. There isn't one, I would say, you know, what I don't recommend. I recommend all three. 
they are, you know, a, a moment in time which is timeless. And, you know, this is the wrestling what made me such a fan of what we, you know, love today, and that's pro wrestling. And had it have not been for uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis, I think the world of wrestling might be a completely different place. And that's a very bold statement, but I do believe that. And if you are listening to this, thank you for your contributions in, you know, um, the world of Lucha Libre and the wrestling world. You know, the, these matches were just a small taste of what was to come. Um, and just thank you for, you know, the other contributions you made in many other companies you wrestled for. And yeah, you just... Uh, that's that's kind of wraps it up, really. Just the, definitely go out of your way and watch these things. Just enjoy them. You know, just enjoy these matches. And I hope that they um, open your eyes to, you know, another style of wrestling you may not have seen. And, um, yeah, I just want to finish off by saying thank you so much, everybody, for your support um, with uh, Where the Cruiserweights Play. Again, you know, this is a project I'm really enjoying taking on when I've got time. And to know that my previous um, show, the um, episode, the Halloween Havoc special, has hit over a 1,000 listens means so much to me, you know. And if I'm able to come on here and just talk for a little bit and share some of my favourite matches and you go away and you enjoy them then, you know, I feel like I've done a good job. So thank you, everybody. Um, it really means so much. Um, and there will be more of these episodes coming in the future. Um, so where the Cruiserweights play isn't going away anywhere, so don't worry. Um, I'm really enjoying doing this, so there will be more. And um, just to finish off, if you want to find uh, BBG Wrestling on Twitter, you can find us at BBG Wrestling. And to find our website, it's www.bbgwrestling.com. So that wraps up this Rey Mysterio Jr. vs. Psychosis ECW Where the Cruiserweights Play Anniversary Special. I'm your host, Stephen Jackson, and I'll catch you all again soon. So see you later, everybody.